He couldn't. He couldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, that's just where he's at. I mean, you just look at what he does on a nightly basis. It's like, so you, you, you can't, I mean, I can't just, you keep asking me, but I just don't have anything really to say. What am I going to say? Most teams are on the road. We're moving cities. We get done a game. And most teams are on the plane or on the bus in 20 minutes, and they're on the plane within an hour flying to wherever they're going. And they get in early. We get in late. But we're not going to change it because Nate has a routine after the game that he does at home on the road. It doesn't matter because that's what makes him ready for the next game. So it's hard, as a coach and even as his teammates, some guys like have followed suit and they're doing it. He's pushing other guys to do it, which makes us better. And as a coach, you just go along with it, you know. I sit on my computer and work for an hour after the game before we get on the bus, you know? And instead of getting in at one, we get in at two. But it's, you know, it works for him, and he's the one leading us. So whatever works for him, I say it all the time, like it's it's about the players because they're, they're the guys that have to go and play the game. And he so is there any elite habits? I'd say, yeah, every single habit that he has is elite. Welcome to Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast. Arif Dean here of Mile High Sports. Uh, recording the morning after the avalanche beat the Washington Capitals 6-2. to two, And that's the entire story. That's all that happened. The big headline is six goals. Just kidding. The big headline is Nathan McKinnon is incredible. Uh, you're going to hear from Jared Bednar during this interview, uh, during this podcast, I should say. It's either going to be clipped in before or after. This is me kind of letting you all know that the post-production hasn't happened yet, and I'm not sure where those quotes are going to go in, but Jared Bednar spent a lot of last night's game in the post-game press conference talking up Nathan McKinnon. It was one of the more fascinating media pressers that I've been a part of following Nathan McKinnon's four-goal, five-point night, his second four-goal game of the season. The last one was on December 21st, so a month and three days later, he does it again. He became the first player since Alex Ovechkin in the 07-08 season, which y'all will remember as the year Ovechkin scored 65 goals, uh, he became the first player since Ovi scored 65 to have two four-goal games in the same season. And coincidentally, that year, Ovechkin did it December 29 and January 31st. So he did it a month and two days apart. McKinnon does it a month and three days apart. And you could argue if it wasn't for that extra day off that they had, he probably could have matched the month and two days apart. Uh, and he does, it, he does it on a night where Alex Ovechkin is in town. He records one assist, plays 19:38, and did not have a single shot on goal. One Alex Ovechkin who looks like a shell of his former self. So McKinnon scores four goals, assists on the Miko Rantanen tally. Miko Rantanen scores one goal, assists on all four of Nathan McKinnon's tallies. Sandwiched in there. Kale McCarr, one goal, two assists. He had a shorthanded goal to open the game. He had two assists on two of Nathan McKinnon's goals. Devon Taves, plus four, doing his Devon Taves thing. Four block shots, leads the team, tied with Miko Rantanen. Uh, did not record a point, but was exceptional defensively per usual. Jared, a lot of what he talked about with McKinnon was how, number one, I loved the way he answered my question about the, about how, 
McKinnon just can't do anything to surprise him at this point. What Nathan McKinnon does on the ice, and I kind of referenced a few of the things when I asked him my question. I said he has this 24-game home point streak. He's got two four-goal games. He's got a 12-game point streak. He just had a 19-game point streak. He leads the NHL with 82 points. He has 73 points in his last 38 games. Let me say that again. 73 points in less than half a season after starting the season with 9 and 10. Can McKinnon do anything at this point to surprise you? And he said he couldn't because that's just the level he's playing at. Like That might be a challenge. Somebody tweeted me saying that, that Nathan McKinnon is going to take that as a challenge and really do something to surprise him, but... Mikko Rantanen said the same thing when I asked him that. Is there anything Nate can do to surprise you? And he said no, uh, just because of the way he's playing. But what I loved about Bednar's press conference is he went into a lot of detail about how the Avalanche operate after the game, before the game, how Nathan McKinnon prepares for games, how he does after games, how on the road the Avalanche are the slowest team in the NHL because they need an extra hour for Nathan McKinnon to get through his post-game routine. And Jared Bednar said it perfectly. He leads the way you want your leader to lead in terms of a head coach. He said, what am I going to do? Tell him to get on the bus or tell him to get on the plane? He said, Nathan McKinnon needs an extra hour for his uh, post-game routine. I pull up my laptop and I work for an extra hour. I start working on video, you know, doing coach things, working on video, planning for the next game, looking at the previous game. He does it for an extra hour because Nathan McKinnon needs it. It was a little bit of a funny moment in there because Brendan McNicholas, the head of PR, uh, chimed in and said, we are the slowest in the NHL by far um, when Jared Bednar was saying that. And I just thought that those behind-the-scenes things were so cool. I thought it was so cool how he talked about how he leads by example like that, how it kind of is the standard. I think it's so fascinating to learn more about the behind-the-scenes Nathan McKinnon and just what it means to this team. It truly was, in my opinion, one of the more fascinating uh, post-gamers that I've been a part of. So McKinnon has four goals. He has an assist. He joins the 30-goal club. He becomes the fifth player in the NHL to 30 goals. And this is a guy that's been feasting on assists. In fact, he leads the NHL in assists with 51. Uh, I don't believe anybody else even has 50 at this point. Uh, but McKinnon's up there at 51. He becomes one of five guys, like I said, to score 30 goals. And yes, I am correct. Second place in assists, Nikita Kucherov, 49. Third place, Quinn Hughes, 47. Fourth place, one Kale McCarr, 46. In terms of goals, he becomes, I believe, now the fifth guy to the to the 30-goal mark. Austin Matthews leads with 39. Uh, crazy season from Sam Reinhart. He's got 35. Kucherov's got 31, David Pasternak's got 30, and Nathan McKinnon is also at 30. Mikko Rantanen is not far behind. He's ninth place, tied with Brock Besser with 27 goals in 48 games. Him and Besser both have that same number, uh, but Sidney Crosby's got 27 goals in 44 games. So Mikko's among the top 10 of goals scorers that have 27 plus. So McKinnon's got 30 goals in 48 games. We all remember and saw what Nathan McKinnon did last year, and this is a guy that looks like he's pretty much ready to blow by his career numbers. 30 goals in 48 games is a 51-goal pace over a full season. 
what I love about what we're seeing from Nathan McKinnon is, you know, obviously injuries can happen in inopportune ways. They can happen in, in, you know, it could be bad luck. A shot can ricochet off of your ankle or off of your, you know, you can fall awkwardly on your knee. You can end up like Arturi Lekkinen who went to make a hit and ended up in this physical battle and fell headfirst into the boards and broke his neck or, you know, injured his neck. But what we're seeing from Nathan McKinnon is a guy that kind of seems to do a lot of the things to prevent injuries. And the 2023 calendar year was the first time since I want to say 2019, but it could even be 2018 because it for sure as hell wasn't 2020, 21 or 22. It was the first calendar year where Nathan McKinnon was completely healthy. So to sit here and think about him scoring 51 goals and actually getting to the 80 to 82 game uh, mark is pretty reasonable at this point because ever since McKinnon has come back from from injury which if y'all remember back in the 2021 or sorry in the 22-23 season coming out of the Stanley Cup McKinnon was uh injured early in the year and he got hurt I believe it was in Philadelphia and since then he made his return it was against the Toronto Maple Leafs on New Year's Eve 2022 the Maple Leafs smashed the Avalanche. I think it was 6-1, but I could be wrong. McKinnon played a brutal game, first game back in more than a month. Very understandable, or almost a month, I should say. Very understandable for him to play that way. But December 31st of 2022, and we're now at January 25th of 2024, he has not missed a game. And not only has he not missed a game, but he's got 64 goals, which is just three back of David Pasternak for the most in the NHL in that span. 64 goals in 96 games. So if you do the math on that, 64 goals in 96 games is an average of nearly 55 goals in an 82-game pace. He's also got 159 points in that stretch, which is 17 more than Nikita Kucherov, 18 more than Connor McDavid, and those are the guys in first, in second and third place. And by the way, 27 sorry yeah 27 more than David Pasternak in third place and then or in fourth place and then Miko Rantanen's in fifth at 125 159 points in those 96 games so if you allocate it among an 82 game pace it's 136 points in an 82 game pace and he's doing it while playing a whopping 22 minutes and 48 seconds per game if you look at that among forwards in that stretch Nathan McKinnon is far and away the highest paid or the high, the most played, I should say, playing 22 seconds more than second place, who just so happens to be Miko Rantanen, playing 56 seconds a game, over 96 games more than Connor McDavid, which obviously means he's playing roughly 90 to 95 minutes more than Connor McDavid, an hour and a half more in this stretch since McKinnon has come back from his injury. The reason why I bring up these numbers is to kind of show that over this stretch, not only has he been healthy, not only has he been dominant, not only has he played 96 games since New Year's Eve 2022, only one player has played more than that, and it's Casey Middlestad at 97, while Ranton and Point, McKinnon, Dickinson have played 96 for second place. Not only has he played nearly the most games, off by one, since December 31st, 2022, not only has he had the second most goals at 64 since December 31st, 2022, not only has he had the most assists and the most points since December 31st, 2022, but he's doing it while playing more than an hour and a half more than the next guy. And all of that 
stems right back. Might feel like I went off topic here, but all of that stems right back to Jared Bednar's comments. All of that goes right back to Jared Bednar talking about his pregame and his postgame routine. Miko Ranton and talking about his off ice, how he knows how to be a pro. Everybody is kind of showing you why Nathan McKinnon is the highest paid player in the NHL. Everybody is showing you that despite signing a $100.8 million contract, a few months off of winning the Stanley Cup, Nathan McKinnon is playing like he's making $775,000 on the fourth line fighting for his job. And the standard that this guy has, the thought that this guy has, the mentality, the way he approaches the game every single day, even after winning a Stanley Cup, which we thought it would calm down after the Cup, and that sure as hell has not happened, is the standard bearer for the NHL right now. It is 100% the way every team and all the fans out there want their best players to act and want their best players to set a standard. It's not happening in other cities. You know, Toronto's the first one that comes to mind of a franchise that wishes their stars had this level of commitment. And that's not a knock on Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, Riley, any of those guys. That's just to show how much higher a standard Nathan McKinnon has. He's got that grump in him, just like Nikita Kucherov's got that grump in him. One of my all-time favorites, Ryan Kessler, the grumpiest of grumps, or Chris Pronger, the grumpiest of grumps. Nathan McKinnon, you can't even talk to him about winning an MVP. You can't even talk to him about setting records, like scoring a four-goal game twice, by the way. The only two in Avalanche history have been scored by Nathan McKinnon over the last 35 days. You can't even talk to him about scoring the first natural hat trick since Joe Sackick in 2003 and only the second in history for this team. You can't talk to him about any of that without him saying, yeah, you know, I'm just, the puck's going in and, you know, downplaying his accomplishments. Do you see yourself among the best? What do you mean see myself among the best? Sidney Crosby's got three Stanley Cups. Alex Ovechkin's got 800-something goals. What do you mean part of the best? I have one cup. And before that, it was, we haven't won shit. I'm going into my 10th year, if we all remember. So the standard this guy sets is unlike anything I've ever seen. And I genuinely, I, I know other reporters have been saying this, and Jared Bednar has been telling us this, and we're trying our hardest to get this out there. We got to do the best we can to truly appreciate what we have here in Colorado with Nathan McKinnon. And that's not even to take away from Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen and the other stars on this team. But what we have in Nathan McKinnon should not be understated. It should not be taken for granted. There was a stretch from 2007 to 2016 where the Avalanche didn't even have a friggin' 30-goal scorer. I believe it was Milan Hayduk in 2007. I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I might be off by a bit. But I believe it was Milan Hayduk in 2007, the same year Andrew Burnett scored 82 points. And then the next one didn't come until Matt Duchesne, where we all remember the big cheer comments from Patrick Waugh. Before the 2018-19 season, when Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen took off offensively, the Avalanche didn't even have an 80-point scorer since that 07 season. And obviously, I'm forgetting Joe Sackick in 07. He also had 36 goals and 100 points. Um, but Andrew Burnett had 83 points. Milan Hayduk had 35 goals and 70 points. I've obviously got the stat page pulled up now. We went from 2007 with this team until 2019 without having a player put up 80 points. 
We went from 2007 with this team until 2016 without a 30-goal scorer. We went from 2007 with this team until 2023 without a 100-point producer. Do not take for granted what we are watching right now with Nathan McKinnon. Do not take for granted that the 07 season I'm looking at right now, the last time the Avalanche had all of these marks before recent history, Tyler Arneson had 49 points in 82 games and was one of their pretty much top six best forwards. John Michael Lyles was their best and most produced, uh, highest producing defenseman with 44 points. And right behind him was Brett Clark with 39 in 82 games. We cannot take for granted what Nathan McKinnon is doing here. It is truly one of the best things I've ever seen. I love that Miko Rantanen, you know, putting up five points has now itched himself closer to the top. Inched himself closer, I should say, not itched. Uh, Nathan McKinnon's got 82 points. Nikita Kucherov has 80 and then go way down to third place, 67 for Pasternak, fourth place, Miko Rantan, and it was 65. He passed a ton of guys the other day when he, uh, yesterday when he hit five points because William Nylander's got 61, Elias Pedersen's got 61, Artemi Panarin's got 63, JT Miller's got 64. He passed every single one of those guys. And at the time, he was tied with Reinhardt and McDavid as well. And he just shot up the ranks from bottom of the top 10 to within the top five. So we can't take for granted what Miko Ranton is doing either. But this is led by the charge of Nathan McKinnon, who's got now seven game-winning goals. One back of Elias Pettersson is eight. One, uh, two back of Sam Reinhardt's nine for the third most in the NHL. Coincidentally tied with Matt Duchesne, who has 15 goals and nearly half of them, seven, are game winners. So again, for the last time, please do not take for granted what Nathan McKinnon is doing. It truly is something that... We will miss when his career is over. With that, I want to tell you guys about our sponsors here at Mile High Sports' Hockey Mountain High podcast. We are presented by Superbook Sports. And at Superbook Sports, we are changing the game. Win some money this season with Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now, when you use the promo code MILEHIGH, you score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Download the Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code MILEHIGH, and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I just want to get into a few more things here, starting with a couple of returns that we saw yesterday in that game against the Washington Capitals. Bowen Byram returns from a short injury hiatus, and Arturi Lekkanen returns after missing 35 games. Arturi Lekkanen played 4 minutes and 11 seconds of short-handed ice time, the most by far among the forwards. Andrew Cogliano was second at 3.32, and then we had O'Connor at 3.09. But Arturi Lekkanen led the charge 4.11. Obviously, Makar and Tace played 6.04 and 6.06, respectively. So Arturi's back to playing his role. He had two shots on goal. He had three shot attempts. He had one hit. He had one block shot, and he took a couple face-offs, and he was a plus one. He was on the ice for one of those goals. He played a total of 16 minutes and 12 seconds on a line at even strength with Andrew Cogliano. And Ryan Johansson, who obviously is still struggling to find his way. It would be really great to see, hopefully in the future, a Lekkanen, Johansson, and Nichushkin line again, the way it was when we opened. And then obviously I still 
we all are at this point at a point where we believe the Avalanche are going to bring in a second line center to replace Johansson and he'll probably be a throw in going the other way or to another team. Uh, the Avalanche might have to give up a few more assets or a higher asset or draft pick to get rid of the Johansson contract, which is a goddamn shame because Johansson is just the most delightful of. He's just such a great teammate. There's things you see him do when you that you can't see on TV on the ice. Like there was a play where Arturi Lekkinen almost scored his first goal. If you guys remember, it was like a tic tac toe play, and he was robbed by Charlie Lindgren, and. The whistle blows. We're getting ready for the faceoff. Ryan Johansson skates from one side to the other side to give Arturi Lekkinen a pat on a pat with his stick on the shin pad, and then put his hand above his back and just kind of give him a tap where his nameplate is, kind of like "Don't worry, you'll get it." And this is Ryan Johansson that is barely scoring himself. He's just such a great teammate, but at this point, we know he's probably going to get replaced. The other return was Bowen Byram playing 19 minutes and 16 seconds, paired mostly with Sam Malinsky who played 16-18, while Gerard and Manson were a pair of their own. Gerard played 18-18, and Josh Manson played 17. And my favorite part about this is every defenseman not named Taves and Makar played between 16 minutes and 19 minutes, or 16 and 19-16 for, for Bowen Byram. 16 minutes and 20 minutes to be exact. We saw Kale Makar play 24-17, and Devontae's play 21-46. Jack Johnson missed the game, and that was the reason why Sam Malinsky played in his place. Jack Johnson's got a bit of a lower body groin issue. Um, he admitted to me that he pulled his groin. He also has just been the giant wrap, just going from like his thigh up to his groin area above his uh, like spandex uh, shorts and whatever. It's just massively, massively wrapped up, and you know there's something going on there, so... I asked Jared Bednar before the game if he expects to see uh, Jack Johnson just kind of take the All-Star break to recoup between now and February 5th when they start that second long road trip in New York uh, against the Rangers. And he said, we'll see. You know, he mentioned there are things that Sam Malinsky does that are going to be beneficial against the Capitals. There are also things Jack Johnson does that he wants to see that are beneficial against the Los Angeles Kings, who will be in town on Friday, January 26th for the last game before that New York road trip starts on February 5th. So... Maybe we'll see him, maybe we won't, but it's just great that the Avalanche now have seven capable defensemen because Sam Malinsky has more than proven at this point that he belongs in the NHL and he's here to stay. So great to see that. It also opens, opens up the opportunity to use a defenseman as a trade chip if needed for a bigger deal. I'm not on the boat of trade Bowen Byram for a rental in Eli Elias Lindholm. I think that is completely outrageous. But if you can get somebody like I was talking about on the last podcast I did, like an Oliver, not Oliver, sorry, uh, Joel Erickson Eck. I always mix up Joel Erickson Eck and Oliver Ekman Larson. But if you can get someone like Joel Erickson Eck, who's under term and 26 years old for Bowen Byram, sure. But I wouldn't do that for a guy who's a rental piece like Elias Lindholm. And I sure as hell wouldn't do it with a contract extension because Lindholm wants eight plus and you just can't do that if you're the avalanche. So... You know, a lot going on there. It's great to see Byron back. It's great to see Malinsky doing his thing. It's great to see, like I said, the Avalanche have seven options on defense that you can use on any given night. That makes sense. And I know a lot of you want Sam Malinsky there full time. But like I explained on the last show, it is better for the Avalanche to have uh, Jack Johnson remain up because Sam Malinsky is waiver exempt and send Malinsky down so that when the playoffs come around, you have seven options. Because if you keep Malinsky up and you send a Jack Johnson down, he'll likely get 
claimed off of waivers. And then once you have an injury, you're like, well, now I wish we had Jack Johnson. And the reality is we're at 48 games. There are still 34 games left and injury is bound to happen. Even if it's a day-to-day issue where a guy misses one game, maybe two games. We've already seen Byram, Gerard, Makar, and Manson miss games. I think Devontae's is the only one that's played all 48. So it is very reasonable to expect that at some point you're going to see an injury here or there. And then you're going to wish, oh man, I wish we sent Malinsky down and kept Jack Johnson up because now we have to dig even deeper into the depth. And you know, you're pulling up a Brad Hunt or someone like that who hasn't played much this season. And you just don't want to put yourself in that position. So I am all for the idea of keeping Malinsky if it works against a salary cap, but you don't want him sitting. You want him playing, whether it's in the NHL or the AHL. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, Alexander Georgiev had a pretty good game against the Capitals. He obviously let in two goals in the third period, uh, but he was he was outstanding. There were some power play opportunities where I have zero clue how the Avs managed to keep them out of the net, and that was with the help, obviously, and, and the lead of, of Alexander Georgiev. So shout out to him. We want to see him elevate his game. He's going to get a long break here. Despite going to the All-Star game, the All-Star game is not as taxing as playing, you know, five games in the next 10 days or whatever it was stretches that he's had in the past. Um, so this all-star game will truly help him. Uh, and then from there, we'll we'll just kind of see how it shakes out. He played four games on the road trip. He let in, I believe it was 15 goals over those four games. Uh, and he won two of them. He lost to the ones in Boston and in Montreal. So it was nice to see him come back and rebound in a big way, making 25 saves against the Caps or sorry, 23 saves against the Caps on 25 shots, um, which also helps that the Avalanche only gave up 25 shots, where on the road he was facing 40 and 34 and 30 and, you know, higher numbers like that. So uh, shout out to Georgia for playing a well-rounded game there last night against the Caps. Um, the LA Kings, like I said, they are in town Friday. The Avalanche are practicing later this morning. Uh, obviously, this recording is being... Uh, this podcast is being recorded before the Avalanche's optional practice at noon on Thursday. Um, so if you're hearing this afternoon, if there's an update from practice that you're seeing on Twitter, obviously I don't know about it yet. It is a little bit of a time capsule. Uh, but with that, I'm going to put an end to the show here. I have some fun stuff planned, uh, a nice little bit of a surprise for uh, the long break, the all-star break in the bye week coming up. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we have plenty more to talk about. But today just felt like, a very appropriate day to celebrate the superstardom that is Nathan McKinnon, uh, the leader likely in the Hart Trophy race right now. He sure as hell will have my vote if I have a vote again this year. Um, and again, let's not take for granted what we have with number 29 here in the first year of an eight-year deal, playing like he's fighting for his NHL life. With that being said, I'm going to put an end to the show now. If you made it this far in the podcast, bless your pretty little heart. Let's make hockey for everyone, and we out you.